This podcast is brought to you by WEEDI, the preeminent national membership association for health IT guidance and collaboration. Recognized and trusted as a formal advisor to the Secretary of Health and Human Services, WEEDI is the leading authority on the use of health IT to efficiently improve health information exchange, enhance care quality, and reduce cost. To learn more about WEEDI member benefits and educational offerings, please visit our website, wedi.org. Welcome to the Collective Voice of Health IT, a Weedy podcast. Hey everyone, I'm Michael McNutt, Weedy's Director of Education and Events. This week, a prodigal son returns as we welcome former Weedy leader Richard Wagner to the podcast. Richard is the CEO of Raven Health, a leader in data collection and analytics for the treatment of autism spectrum disorder, or ASD. Welcome to the podcast, and Richard, welcome back to Weedy. (laughs) <laughs> Thanks, Mike. I like this mini reunion of sorts. It's yeah. great to chat again. It's been a while. Uh, now, we all ask our guests for their origin stories. Um, yours is interesting because part of it is uh, kind of in Weedy, uh, in Weedy as a former leader of our privacy and security work group. Um, talk to me about your background and, and what, it, what were the motivations, inspirations, and aspirations that brought you to healthcare? to Weedy and to the podcast today. Um, we've had people who've been nuclear engineers, former college athletes who work totally outside of the industry, and those like you who were kind of born into healthcare. So um, talk to me about your early beginnings. Yeah, of course. And thank you for uh, giving me the opportunity to, to chat today. So I guess in addition to being the prodigal son, I'm kind of the black sheep of my my personal family. Uh, my father was a doctor. Uh, his parents were doctors. My my aunt, uncle, brothers. Uh, so I'm the only one who was able to not follow that path and ended up going the the uh, healthcare IT route my whole career. So I've spent pretty much my entire career in digital health, uh, roughly 20 years now, going on 20 years, hard to believe. Um, and uh, in addition to being on the, on the tech side, I had an opportunity to be on the clinical side too, which we come back to. But I had the opportunity to work with Weedy, uh, both as a member and then as a chair of the privacy and security work group back, what was it, about 10 years ago? Yeah. Um, and a really remarkable opportunity to speak to other individuals in the field. Security and privacy, back then at least, was a was a barrier to digital adoption in healthcare. Um, I, and having secure standards or standards along the lines of privacy and security to really uh, combat some of those fears of providers, right, who were taking medical records and putting them up into the cloud. That was a big focus of ours back then. And love the, the I like to think that the work we did back then uh, kind of paved the way for we see a, a new new uh, evolution in, in terms of health, digital health right now, not just in, um, in the acute and post-acute care space where I was uh, formerly involved in, but also the behavioral health care space, which I'm excited about. Definitely. How interesting is it, like, on Thanksgiving? Uh, because it, you you have this kind of background before you got into technology where you heard your family talking about healthcare from the clinician side, then you get into kind of the healthcare IT side. So you're, you're kind of, it, you're the black sheep, but actually you're kind of the golden child in a way because you get these unique perspectives because you've heard so much of what your your father has said about the problems with technology and you can turn it around and say, Hey, I'm trying to do this. You know, could you, do you sometimes like I'm developing the software and you talk to your family, like, 
would this help? I mean, you have a, a case study. You have your entire trial. You can you can do a whole setup right there and just uh, you know study them. Well, what's interesting is so growing up in the eighties and nineties, uh, specifically like the later ninety latter part of the nineties, I remember you know most people sit down at dinner and the conversations about. You know, back then, Tupac versus Biggie or, uh, you know, the Chicago Bulls, how long were they going to extend their run? A uh, lot different conversation uh, for me growing up. It was my dad coming home complaining about learning how to do this EMR versus that EMR, mm-hmm. spending his weekends and trainings to to learn how to input, you know, clinical data. Um, and so when when I finally revealed to my family, this is the path I was going down I think it was met with quite a bit of skepticism, right? Mm-hmm. Thinking that I would be contributing more yes, to, the, exactly. <laughs> to the digital health plague and in in, uh, in in the uh, in the healthcare space. Um, but that I guess that was really a, a passion point for my for me. Um, how could we create tools that that lived seamlessly alongside providers that actually help them, uh, not just collect data, but then make clinical decisions based off the data they were collecting, um, and really drive us to a a tech forward. And now as we see like an AI powered world in healthcare, and I think we're starting to turn the corner there and it's an exciting place to be. Definitely. And we'll talk about AI in a second, but yeah, it would be funny. Like you felt that you would make it, you would have made it if your dad came home and complained about your tool. Like, <laughs> Hey, all right, I made it, you know, like I still have to fix it. Thanks. But you know, I, you know, he's That's proud right. of me. <laughs> talk to me about Raven Health, uh, known as a leader in data collection and analytics. And I love on your website, the vision is to create a world in which 99% of a behavioral health clinician's time is spent caring for the patient, which, is, which they should, and only 1% on everything else, which is what I'm sure all of us who are listening, who are uh, fans of this and listeners of this podcast, what we're all hoping to achieve. Yeah, absolutely. I think it, it all comes down to a story from about maybe six or seven years ago. I was sitting on a on a board of, of a chain of behavioral healthcare clinics, nationwide chain, and really wanted to learn how technology was being used in the behavioral healthcare setting. That was previously not a, a space that I was involved in. Like I mentioned, I was more on the uh, on the post acute care space for some time. And I, I got an opportunity to sit in on some sessions actually behind those double glass mirrors. So you could watch in on a session, but um, the, the participants couldn't see me. And it was with uh, the time, a, a provider and uh, usually uh, some autistic individuals in a one-on-one setting, in a therapy setting. And the thing that shocked me was that, the first of all, the, the way that the data was being collected, it was a very high velocity environment. So a lot of data was being collected on the fly. Uh, regarding like some of the programs were being run or some of the behavior tracking tools that were being utilized. Uh, But the thing I'll always remember this that stood out was that the provider in this one circumstance, and this has happened quite a bit, but this one time um, she was working with a child and after about 10 minutes, she stopped the session, gave the child uh, uh, an iPad, put on some YouTube cartoons and had that child sit in the corner of the room while she went back and documented for about five, 10 minutes of her own, like all that she could remember in the program that she just ran with that child. Mm. And there was like the big aha moment, right? Um, this They were already even using an EMR, but the clinical data collection tool that they were using wasn't very user-friendly. And so they actually this actually detracted from 
from that patient care, right? Because the child went and was spending time not learning new skills, not yeah. um, not building sort of school skills to learn how to you know live independently once they got older. And it was there that we realized that I realized uh, with some co-founders we could create a tool that live side by side that provider and it's a seamless tool that they can then use to collect all that data. Uh, and then once that's digitized, it's more accurate and we can do some really cool things in healthcare once once we've solved that initial pain. So so the tool, does it is it like a real-time kind of visual? Like walk me through how it is working alongside the clinician. So you avoid those here, here's a you here's a iPad. Go sit in the corner while I, you know, try to remember everything. So how does that work? Yeah. So the, the core product that we built is a, an app-based tool that lives uh, on, on any device. So it could be any Apple or Google, like uh, Android device. Uh, it works online and offline um, in the case that, uh, you know, a reliable connection is not available. Uh, and it sits there where a provider could use it just off to the side on usually an iPad. We see that a lot. Um, and it's we spent a lot of time building this because we wanted to make it consumer grade. Our clinicians that we work with tend to be skew very young, under the age of 30, in some cases uh, as, as young as 18 to 21 with technicians who work with these, with these clients. Um, and so they're used to you know, opening up Uber or Spotify for the first time and having a seamless user experience. So we spent a lot of time building just that. We focused on things like how could we more accurately put behavior trackers uh, that are within the distance of their thumb, right? Mm -hmm. So it's easier to, to click something and not have to like hunt and peck through multiple different windows. And so it's a very intuitive app that, that helps collect that data in real time, syncs with the cloud, or like I said, if it's in an offline environment, syncs later. That's awesome. Uh, back in January, a couple of months ago, it was announced that Raven has partnered with Kiddo Health on combining daily biometric trend analysis with in-session therapy uh, data for the autism industry. Uh, talk to me about the partnership. Uh, talk to me about where you are currently right now. Uh, this is a topic very near and dear to my heart. Uh, I have a niece who is autistic. Yeah, um, it's that's it's something we're very excited about to to work with with kiddo and some of our early adopter customers that we've we've brought in to um to work with us on this so right now the way that that raven sits it's a we we like to call it an active data collection tool right it's meant to collect therapy data at the point of care with the intervention of some sort of a therapist or clinician um when we were introduced to to uh, the kiddo team last year, we were amazed by the way that they were able to collect passive, passively, right? Collect data passively. Uh, kiddo essentially is, uh, they'll, they'll, they'll probably contest me on the, on the name of it, but they're, they're kind of like a Fitbit for neurodiverse children, right? So it collects data, collect wearables data, anything from pulse to uh, blood sugar levels and blood pressure, a number of other things. And what's interesting is there have been some studies that came out recently that show that using a wearable device like this with an autistic child, for instance, can predict uh, things like self-injurious behavior and other sort of maladaptive behavior up to 15 minutes in advance. Wow. And so we thought this would be a great tool that we could combine with ours, right, to do two things. One, we could help a therapist at the point of care understand if the programs they're running is a little too intense for that, usually a pediatric patient, right? If it's too much, they could kind of throttle that back based off of some real-time intelligence they're getting from a, from a wearables perspective. Um, the other is that this data can be used to 
track things like, for instance, obesity and a number of other things that payers are starting to get really interested in as well. So we're in some early talks with some payers to look at the data that we're collecting, create a, a more like patient, like a holistic view of the patient, the client, um, and ultimately drive better care and the delivery of better care, not just in, in a ABA therapy instance, but beyond. Now, um, how is everything going so far? Um, have you been, have you found a way to make a dent into those everything else, that 1% that we were talking about just a second ago from your website so that clinicians can focus on their patients? Um, as, as you know, through, you know, your work there. And as I know with, with my family, um, these patients most oftentimes cannot communicate, cannot share their information and how they're feeling. So how's everything going so far? Any, um, progress, since January with Kiddo? Yeah, absolutely. So we are, we, we just got an opportunity to present some early findings at a conference last week, the, the California ABA therapy conference. Um, we got an opportunity to co-present with, with Kiddo on some interesting initiatives we're leading and what we're really focused on right now. We have a couple of early pilot customers who are helping us dive into this and, uh, you know, envision as we go with them, how do we make this so it's more useful for them, right? Mm -hmm. How are we collecting that wearables data and putting it right at the point of care that, that makes a difference. Um, what's also interesting too is, like I mentioned, that, that payers are interested in this as well. I think uh, not a lot of people know, but like this RPM coding, right? Um, remote patient monitoring, uh, that's, that's a separate code that providers can use to seek additional reimbursement in the right setting. Uh, so payers are incentivizing this kind of data to be collected, and the the providers that we're working with are obviously interested from a, clin a you know clinical perspective. Uh, but it helps that there's a, a an extra reimbursement incentive as well. Definitely. Um, with this, we talked about AI earlier um, when we started. There seems to have be um, healthcare, as you know, uh, you, you probably remember all the conferences that we had with some of the frustration with the adoption of technology. Uh, healthcare is quite hesitant in terms of adopting technology and kind of running with it. It's very slow, in, in which that's a lot of criticism toward the industry. However, over the past couple of years, um, with the emergence of artificial intelligence, augmented reality, and so on and so forth, uh, we're taking quantum strides, it appears in terms of healthcare technology. Uh, talk to me about artificial intelligence and how you know that tool can serve as kind of a, a fantastic lightning rod for a company like Raven Health. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think you can't have a, a conversation today in healthcare without talking about AI and healthcare and the impact it's having. And, and we're no different from, from anyone else in terms of how can we uh, embrace things like generative AI, large language machine models um, and, and, and think think of a way in which we can further enhance our, our vision, right? Which is helping providers focus 99% on time with their, their patients or clients. Um, one thing that we're, we're really excited to announce is that we just uh, about a week ago, week and a half ago, launched our an integrated managed manage billing service with our customers. So um, we do things where we're able to pull data and automate this directly from the sessions being being uh, that, that are 
created and, and captured by our, our clinicians and taking that data and doing things like pre-populating that into claims that they can then with a with literally one click of a button be able to submit to, to insurance. So it's a, a fully integrated service so that they can get rid of a lot of the, the hiccups in terms of the back and forth of the providers and you know reven or payers. Uh, revenue cycle management is not something new in this space, but um, we try to, to eliminate all the friction points for our providers by um, by not requiring them to download all this data in a CSV format and upload it into a man, you know, billing platform. We, we have the workflows that manage all of that. So that's one. Um, two, what, what's getting really interesting is that we are collecting so much clinical data um, and we are also collecting outcomes data from, from our providers who, who, you know, provide this for us as well. And we're able to draw the line between the, the clinical data collected, the programming and the outcomes. And so our vision, what we're, what we're striving to do here, striving to do is um, create a tool in which we can make suggestions, right? A clinical, uh, a, a clinical suggestion tool to our providers to see, you know, for similarly situated patients, right? This uh, regimen of programs and, and other, other tools, right? Could be uh, is is uh, can drive better care and better outcomes maybe than the status quo before. So, um, using data to inform programming decisions um, is a, is certainly a big focus of ours right now. That's fantastic. Yeah, like we're just like you said, you have so much data, and there is so much data coming from patients, and then we have the payers working together with other payers, providers working with providers and providers working with payers. So we have a lot of data floating around. So that privacy and security uh, topic that you used to uh, chair here at Weedy is still an issue and still a concern because we're just increasing the amount of volume of data coming through. And we have to make sure uh, that it's um, not only coming from proper places, but it's also protected as well. Uh, speaking with Richard Wagner here, CEO of Raven Health on the Collective Voice of Health IT. Uh, before we go, would love to get any recommendations, anything you'd like to plug, share with our listeners. Yeah. Um, you know, one, I mentioned that we, we just launched this, this billing platform, which we're excited about. We are close to, to making some announcements in the near future about some partnerships with payers that we have as well. Um, Great. Payers who who are interested in working with their providers in a collaborative fashion to draw, to see what, what are the best outcomes that are being generated in behavioral health um, and how, you know, disparate groups can, can come together and, and drive in, in a true value-based way, right. To be able to drive better, uh, better care for, for patients. And I mean, I think that's a, that's a really important thing. A lot, a lot in the ABA, a lot of focus in the ABA therapy industry in recent uh, last couple of years has been the the state of of payer reimbursement, mm -hmm. um, and and you know it's no different from any other part of healthcare, I suppose. But um, I think the the challenge with a lot of payers is how can we show that we're driving better outcomes, and how can we partner with providers, right, to to ensure that you know the the we're diagnosing and prescribing the right number of therapy hours per and usually speaking uh, per child in a pediatric sense how can we make sure that we are using the other data sources we have available to shine a light on on um 
of what what maybe best practice looks like. And I'm really excited for this because we we still are very much in a fee for service world. We like to tell our customers that we we help them thrive in a fee for service world while simultaneously preparing them for a fee for value future. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the work with payers that we're doing and, and hopefully going to be announcing here pretty soon is is uh, near and dear to not just my heart but our, our mission at Raven Health. Well, that's fantastic. So you might get an email from me extending an invitation to come back to Weedy at our spring <laughs> conference in May to uh, talk about these partnerships you're having. Because as you know, Weedy, we're all about bringing uh, that collaborative nature into healthcare with the vendors, the payers, the providers, and of course, the patients. Uh, Richard, it's been great catching up. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you, Michael. It's a pleasure. Awesome. This has been the Collective Voice of Health IT, a Weedy podcast, where the healthcare IT community connects, collaborates, and creates solutions for a better health system. Find all our episodes as well as information on our association at our website, wedi.org. Thank you for joining us and be safe.